Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everybody, welcome to the Hot Lap Podcast. I, as ever, am your host, Lee Stevens. Um, didn't do one last week, did I? I was a right biffer about it. Um, I I asked you for questions, which I've still got, which I'm still going to go over. And then I started watching tests and I thought, mm, this looks kind of weird. Um, I should I should really watch this. So I decided to leave the podcast until today and do like a preview extravaganza. Um, we'll go. What we'll do is today we we we've got lots of questions from you guys on social media. Um, I have my predictions for the season. I also have my predictions for the first race. That's going to be a new feature on the podcast. Is doing race predictions every week. Um, so feel free to hit me with your race predictions. Um. Probably after the next, after the first race, I suppose, because uh, I mean, you can send me a race predictions now if you want for the weekend, and we can go over them after the fact. But predictions feel like something you really need to do beforehand. Um, if you want to get involved in fantasy Formula One, I have set up a open uh, hot lap podcast fantasy Formula One thing on the official F One Fantasy League. You know the that goes through the official website. Um, I'm going to start popping that out more on my social media. So if you're interested and you want to get involved in it, hit me up and I will either send you the link directly or have a little scroll through my social media. In fact, I might even pop the link in the podcast as well in the description. I'm not sure how much help that is, to be perfectly honest. I don't even know if you can even clinkle it. Clinkle it? Clinks? Clink links? in a podcast but yeah i'll do it anyway but anyway it's hot lap pods podcast you're fucking listening to it if you want to if you want to go to the fantasy league 
sign up to it, or if you're already signed up to it and you go looking for leagues, you think, well, what would Lee's Hot Lap Podcast League be called if you fucking thought maybe it's the Hot Lap Podcast? You might be right. You might have worked that out all on your own if that's what you do. So, um, as ever, if you want to support this podcast, please go over to my Patreon and sign up to one of the tiers. I don't do extra podcasts because I do so fucking much. And then it gets on top of me and then I end up doing nothing for a week. And then I go, right, I need to fucking re-engage. But it does help me do this. You know, it helps it pays for itself. That's it. I think the, the goal for creators... I think is always that um, if we enjoy doing this sort of stuff uh, is if it can pay for itself, great. And then after that, if it can pay for a little bit more, even better. But that's my only um, my own, my only goal is to make sure it pays for itself or at least helps fucking fund a huge chunk of it anyway. So, yeah, go and do that. Must see audio you need to look for on Patreon. Just fucking do it um testing now what i have sat in front of me here is i have the day three the final times of testing i also have the fastest times overall from testing um we'll quickly look through who finished where on the last day and then we'll squidge over and have a look at the fastest times over the course of the whole test and try and work out whether we know where everybody is max verstappen uh ended ended the test fastest with a 131720 uh six tenths ahead of charles leclerc fernando alonso in the alpine did fucking 122 laps on the final day uh popping in a 132698 um alpine looks a bit weird doesn't it I can't really work, work my mind out of where it actually is. Um, it's looked really heavy. It's looked like a really heavy car. I don't know whether it's, it is just a bit of a lumbering Formula 1 car or whether they've been running an awful lot of fuel. They've been talking the engine up quite a bit. You know, we, we're used to seeing the Renault engine as being the, the weakest package of all. Um, but yeah, they've completely changed the philosophy, gone with the split turbo, I think, like Mercedes. Um I think they were the last team not to be using a split turbo. And apparently, I mean, we haven't really seen them set any like charts alight with the uh, lap times, but apparently that is doing what they want it to do. So, I mean, I hope so. I, I really do. I want, um, I'd like Fernando to at least have a car that's competitive so we keep a focused focused Fernando fighting for podiums. I mean, obviously he wants wins. He wants another championship, but... Um, it'd be interesting to see whether they can do enough to motivate Fernando to look into next year or whether is this going to be the last year of Fernando Alonso and we look at getting like uh, Oscar Piastri in that car next year. I would imagine uh, as long as Fernando performs, it's kind of up on his terms, whether he stays or goes. Um, a driver of that calibre, I don't think, I don't think he gets pushed out of Formula 1 if he doesn't want to go. Um, so we'll just have to see what happens there. Uh, Judge Russell in the Mercedes was the fastest Mercedes of the day, and he did a thirty-two, a one second almost dead off the Red Bull. Um, 
we'll, we'll talk more about Mercedes when we get further down the list. Um, Valtteri Bottas, um, it's nice to see him up there in, there in the top 10, the Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo doesn't look like a terrible car, to be perfectly honest. They've had a, a poor showing in testing, so, I mean... Bottas is like a uh, Nico Rosberg or um, Nico Hulkenberg, all of the Nikos. Um, he's going to be one of those drivers that puts that car where it should be, probably not outperform it. Maybe on a Saturday he might be outperform it because he is a pretty good qualifier, isn't he? But um, it'll be interesting to see what he does with that car. Uh, Yuki Tsunoda, fastest Alpha Tauri, um, sixth position. He's got a lot of work to do this year. He was uh, he did a one thirty three dead very near, uh, and was one point two seconds off the fastest time set by uh, Max Verstappen. There's no tyres compounds in this, unfortunately, but there you go. I do think there was a tyre disparity between um, Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen, so that could could explain the pace difference, but I don't know. Um, Sergio Perez in the Red Bull was 7th. Mick Schumacher in the Haas was 8th. Lando Norris, torrid test for McLaren. After the first first test, I mean, they looked like they were on par with Ferrari, if not slightly more comfortable than Ferrari at the first test. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it, they looked like, oh, my God, like this is, this is McLaren back. You know, they are... They're not only back, they might be fighting for this world championship. And then the wheels fell right off the car. Um, Daniel Ricciardo got COVID, hasn't been able to test at all in the second um, second test. Now, the big issue for Daniel Ricciardo here is, in the first test, I got the impression, watching what was going on between him and Lando, that that gap was still there. Like the performance gap between... Lando Norris and Danny Ricardo were still there. I heard them say on the on the commentary for this affair for the t- second test that these first six races might be the most important races of Danny Ricardo's career. Um, I'm I'm not enthused for how this is going to go for Daniel Ricardo. I I I think he's there's some something's happened. Something's there. And it doesn't seem like it's coming back to him anytime soon. It doesn't look like Formula One has come to him, even though he said in the interview that he felt like the, the he got on with this car a lot more. And you go, oh well, I hope you do, but I'm not, I'm not seeing it, not seeing it so far. Um, but Lando seemed to be the guy leading that team. It, I mean, it's going to be. I'm sure he was knackered after the finish of the third day of testing. Even though he, he did have quite a lot of downtime, so it probably worked out quite well for for him. That uh, thing, he, I mean, he had a breakdown. He had to push his car back into the get uh, back into pit lane. Looked very Mansell esque. Um, he, uh, what was there was a brake issue, I believe, with the McLarens, and that's the that's where the fundamentally the car is still fast. They they. Again, they didn't have the same sort of issue with porpoising, I don't think, as the other teams. And um, I hate that term, porpoising. I'm going to hate it all the way through the season as well. Um, and he... I forgot what I was going to say. I forgot what I was going to say about Lando Norris. God 
damn it, this is what happens when you do things with memory, people not write notes. Uh, but you don't want notes. Notes are for the professionals. Um, yes, the braking. So fundamentally, they still think the car's fast. They've had to adjust the brake ducts, I think, because they were just overheating the brakes all over the place. So there was just locking going on left, right, and center. Um I feel that to me that sounded like although they've lo- they they probably don't understand the car as well as they wanted to um that feels like a problem that should be fixed for next weekend. I don't think that's going to be one of these ones where they have to wait to get the first two races out of the way before they can work out what the fuck is going on with the car. Um I still believe that when those cars hit the track um they are in the they're in the conversation with Red Bull and Ferrari, which I think are the fastest cars at the moment. Uh, Sebastian Vettel in the Austin Martin. Um, he was 10th. Was he two seconds off the pace? Not great for Austin Martin. They really, that, that team needs a kick up the backside, especially if it's going to keep Sebastian Vettel, because if he drives really well this year, He's definitely a driver that can move somewhere else. You know, he's if the if if there is an opening somewhere else, let's say a Mercedes drive. If Lewis decides to hang his helmet up this year, um, I've, I mean, realistically, I know Oscar Piastri is in the wings for Alpine, but would you, if you've got your top line driver in Alonso leaving, would you consider Sebastian Vettel to replace Fernando Alonso? It's not a bad shout. Um, I still, I still don't 100% believe it's not out of the question that we see him go back to Red Bull at some point. See, we we often see drivers go back home, and I think it'd be a good good story for Sebastian Vettel to go back to Red Bull at some point. Um, Guan Yu Zhou in, was 11th in the Alfa Romeo. Pierre Gasly was 12th in the Alfa Tauri. Carlos Sainz, 13th. Ferrari, obviously. Alex Albon in the Williams was 14th, just ahead of Nicholas Latifi. Um... Alex was a good chunk ahead of Nicholas Latifi as well. It was a good if they were running similar. Uh, they're, they're just enough. They're just close enough, and he's got just enough. He's just ahead of him enough for me to think that's real pace. And the interesting thing with that is he only got eighteen laps that day. Nicholas Latifi did one hundred and twenty-four. You would have thought with that amount of disparity between drivers, like lap-wise, you would have thought Nicholas Latifi would have been ahead of Alex Albon. Uh, Lance Stroll in the Austin Martin was 16th 4.3 seconds off the ultimate pace Lewis Hamilton 17th in the standings a massive 4.497 behind the fastest time set by Max Verstappen now I know what you're going to say that this is I now first of all I will say I do not believe that all of a sudden Lewis Hamilton is four seconds off the pace. So cool your fucking jets, guys. Um but when you look at look down here, the only the only drivers with such big disparity were Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc where where now we think Ferrari's there. Now, the difference, I think, here between Ferrari and Mercedes is Ferrari look really comfortable. They look really comfortable to where I would say they had the confidence to give one of their drivers more performance runs and one of them more race runs and heavy fuel runs. 
I don't believe um, Mercedes are that comfortable. I don't know why there's such a huge gap, unless like Lewis seemed to be struggling with the car. You saw him like lots of turning, there's lots of correction going on. I don't think he's 100% happy with it. Um, George Russell said that they're they're not 100% happy with the car. Lewis has has said himself that he doesn't believe they're going to be fighting for wins at first this year. We've heard all this before, obviously. But fundamentally, on that car, you know, you can can stick a load of fuel in a car to mask some pace. And what, what, what that does is it masks the pace on the timesheets. What doesn't get masked is when you're on onboards and the driver is fighting the car. They've had to drill a big big old hole in the floor to try and stop this porpoising problem. They seem to be like, I mean, if you if you consider the side pods they've got, they've really gone all in with ground effect. Uh, you know, it's I mean, obviously all the teams have gone in with ground effect, but they are, uh, it's, it's an extreme interpretation of the rules, isn't it? So... I've. I think two things have happened. I. I often talk about Formula One coming to a driver, like certain drivers that Formula One comes to, like Sebastian Vettel and the blown diffuser era, for instance. Um. I think there's a mixture here between Mercedes might not have their car very well. Well, might end up the fastest if they've done something like that's so radical. They've crunched the numbers and they've realize that there's some pace to be found in it that team isn't stupid if they've done something i believe they're probably right they will probably end up being right um maybe they if even if they don't 100 percent understand what they've got under them right now um but i also think looking at the onboards with lewis more so than george in the same car i wonder where the formula one has got away from Lewis Hamilton slightly. Is it a, is it a situation like with Daniel Ricciardo going to McLaren, where he's not quite on it with these new regulations? He's a brilliant driver. I would expect him to adjust and to him, him for him to come back strong, if not stronger. But there's just something here that makes me wonder. George Russell was consistently faster than Lewis, I believe. I think I think Lewis might have finished one of the tests ahead, but cons- you reasonably fa- consistently faster than Lewis, I think in the in the tests. Um, I think Lewis has got a big battle this year. I think he's got his hands full with George Russell, and I think he's got his hands full with with the car. Eighteenth, uh, the return of Kevin Magnussen. What a beautiful story that was, watching him walk back into the pits. People were genuinely happy to see him. Um, so, yeah, that, that was nice. You know, the I've, I've criticised both Haas drivers over the years. Um, and one of the things that made me think twice about uh, Max, uh, Max Verstappen, no, Kevin Magnussen, was when there was talks of Lewis Hamilton retiring, Morris Hamilton, who is usually pretty on the nose when it comes to drivers, said he didn't believe that uh, Kevin Magnus should be should be overlooked as a replacement for Lewis Hamilton at Mercedes. And since then, I've heard a couple of other bits from people saying how highly regarded he is. So Haas don't seem to have a bad car. 
this year. You know, that what they've done, it's an interesting car. There's some good work in it. I think they're going to be right in the midfield. And it would be nice if uh, Kevin can show people where the faith in his abilities, even if we haven't quite seen it on track, are. Anyway, I've got one more thing to just nip through here on the uh, uh, regards to that test. The uh, fastest times from the top 10 with Max Verstappen, Mick Schumacher, Charles Leclerc, Fernando Alonso, George Russell, Feltri Bottas, Yuki Tsunoda, Sergio Perez, Lando Norris, and Kevin Magnussen. They were the fastest people. It's amazing to see essentially somebody from every team apart from Williams and Austin Martin right up there. But I still believe it's amazing. I mean, you look at... Um, I mean, Charles Leclerc is on his own there for Ferrari, but it looks odd not seeing Lewis Hamilton's name in the top 10 fastest cars. And people keep saying, oh, yeah, well, they've just run their own program. Do you not remember the old days of Mercedes where they just come out, they pound laps, pound laps, finish the day, uh, uh, finish the day first and second in the timesheets, then they come out again and pound laps in and like sometimes break in the drivers before they broke the cars. Something doesn't seem right. Um, I only hope that one team, be it Red Bull or Ferrari, hasn't got such a jump on everybody else that um, we don't get a competitive season. Anyway, let's get on to my 2022 predictions. World Drivers Champion. I've written these down so we can go back over them at the end of the year, see how right I was. Um, World Drivers Champion, George Russell. I think he is going to excel in Mercedes. I think Lewis is going to struggle at the beginning of the season. And George is going to keep himself just enough in the fight that when that Mercedes car comes good, he's the one that can knock a few wins out and end up winning the World Drivers' Championship. Um, Constructors. I think Ferrari are going to win the Constructors' Championship for the same reason I believe George Russell will win the World Championship is that Lewis is going to have his worst year in Formula 1 since 2008. Um, I think, no, 2008 won the Championship, sorry. 2011? 11. 11 was his bad year, wasn't it? Sorry about that. Somebody somebody just jumped out the window of the car, didn't they? Like, Calm down, sorry. We, make, we all make mistakes. Uh, bold predictions. Lando wins a race. Um, Daniel Ricciardo is replaced or obviously loses his drive through the course of the season. Um, I Alpine have already made it obvious that they would lo- that they will allow Oscar Piastri to be reserve driver for Daniel Ricciardo should Daniel Ricciardo not be ready to race next weekend after having Ronies. <coughs> I think he might replace Daniel Ricciardo through the course of the season uh, because Fernando Alonso is doing good. It will solve an Alpine problem because they will want to get him, uh, Oscar, into Formula One. And they, but Fernando will be doing well enough that they don't want to get rid of Fernando Alonso. So they loan Oscar Piastri to McLaren for two years. Uh, Hamilton will only win 
one Grand Prix. Uh, and I have some race race predictions as well. Um, top three. George Russell, Max Verstappen, Lando Norris. Ferraris will be on the pace. They will lock the front row out and they will crash into each other at some point during the race. I don't know if they'll take each other out or not, but there will be a coming together with the two Ferraris. And thus, over the course of the season, Ferrari will once again Ferrari themselves. Um, Haas will score points. Kevin Magnussen on his return to Formula One will score points for Haas. Um... I've said Ferrari's crash, and I said Hamilton will struggle in the first race. That's my predictions for the first Grand Prix of the year. Let's look at what you've been saying to me on social media. Um, I'm just so excited for this year. Genuinely, I am so. I, I was in the pub last night, and uh, I was talking to a few people, and it's funny, like because of doing the podcast, this podcast because we're doing three legs four wheels as well like people come up to me and talk to me about formula one like i'm fucking lewis hamilton like i know exactly what's going on like fuck mate i'm just watching the same thing you are I'm just maybe paying a bit more attention um but yeah no i'm i'm fully excited i think this is the most excited i've been for a season for a very very fucking long time um let's get to the first one Uh, 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 fucking hell, 16, 16 things. Right. Um, Mr. Fantastic, Mercedes tyre strategy in AFLA lost Lewis the championship. Is this 12th of the 12th? Oh, no, hang on. Wait a fucking second here. What's going on here? Somebody's liking old tweets. Uh, somebody's liking old tweets. And uh, it's meant that I'm reading fucking old shit. Um, Rob Anderson, massive unknown levels of sandbagging from Merck. Lewis and George will run rampant from the off. I don't believe it's going to happen. I still think George might win the first race. But um, I think that car's got fucking real, real issues. Genuine fucking problems this year. I'm not. I'm not convinced that they're going to uh they're gonna fix this really like really quickly. Uh Rob Anderson, well well well, uh look what Mercedes have done. Sure uh I said they were planning something like this. Worth it if only to see the look on Horner's face. I mean it's a radical car, isn't it? It's a radical design. But it's like that thing, isn't it? Sometimes when if uh when you do something nobody else is doing you come out of the blocks. You either go two seconds quicker than the than the field, or it doesn't work. And it do, right now it doesn't seem to be working. See this whole thing of the ground effect because it's. I mean, it's forty years ago we've had we've we've had cars that use ground effect more than surface aero, and um, I just when you think about the people in the pit lane, none of them would have probably been involved in motorsport when this was happening. So I, I really genuinely think that the whole porpoising issue has been overlooked by some of the teams. Uh, Kevin Logan got to talk about Magnussen. Yeah, it's great to see him back. As, as I said before, um, I uh, I was ne- I was never a fan of Magnussen, but he seems to be one of those people that the more you see him, he does seem to be 
a really fucking nice guy, doesn't he? He does seem to be a pretty, a pretty cool motherfucker. <laughs> so, I am. Um, I, yeah, it's everyone was so happy. So it was, it was just nice, wasn't it? It was just nice seeing him back in there. Uh, from Instagram, P eighteen M L M. How do you think DRS will affect the, this year's racing? Uh, how are the powers that be going to decide the lengths of DRS zones? With no prior knowledge of the cars, I think they're going to have to. That's going to have to be an evolving thing. I personally don't think they're going to change the length of the DRS zones, um, but there is a worry that if they if if we have closer racing, that DRS will just make overtake slam dunks, and we don't want that, do we? We were like, the whole point of DRS was never to just like let the faster car through, which is what happens quite a lot with it. It was to get them equal into the braking zone. So, I'm not sure. I don't know about the DRS thing. So, I, I get what you mean. I, I get, and I hadn't really thought about it until now. My guess is, unless it's a clear issue where cars are just driving through, they will keep them the same as they were last year, and then we'll, we'll see as it goes. There is always the possibility, if these cars race exceptionally well, that they'll scrap DRS altogether. I don't think that's going to happen because they don't. It does look like following is going to be trickier, but it's going to be tricky, but a little bit easier. Um, so yeah, then maybe maybe it'll make DRS even more powerful, and even more fucking horrible. What I did hear was um, people saying how tricky these cars were to drive through slow corners. It does make me wonder if Monaco might actually be fucking interesting this year. Uh, but how's champion Ferrari going to be at the front? I think they are. I think they're going to be the fastest car come next weekend when we get to the circuit. Um, JW Larson creations, bold season prediction for all uh, all challenges and salary. Uh, bold season prediction for all the, all the changes and salary caps and wind tunnel scaling. Uh, the constructors championship will look exactly the same as twenty twenty one. Um, ooh, ooh. I don't think it will. I think there's too much. There's too much m- m- jostling. I mean, <laughs> I suppose that's the thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe we get there, and it does look the same. It's how we get there. It's the journey, which is the important part. But I don't know. I think Ferrari are going to scupper that. I think McLaren are going to scupper that. Um, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent on board with where Mercedes or uh, Red Bull are. Um, I think it's strange that Mercedes seem to have suffered more than Red Bull, seeing as how Red Bull were the ones that were developing more through last year, where Mercedes clearly cut their development off a little bit earlier. Uh, you would think it would be the other way around, but I don't know. It's it's, it's, a, it's like a proper super unknown, isn't it? I think I no, I don't. I think I think the constructors championship will look different. Um, Cody uh, Pascalis, uh, is there a way to automatically block anyone with an F1 driver as their profile picture on social media? They have the dumbest people on the planet. I tweeted today actually, and I hadn't seen this, and this was posted six days ago. I tweeted today that people with. Uh, uh, F1 profile, uh, F F1 in their bios, 
are constantly the worst informed people about Formula One. But yeah, the, especially if you like, and this is, don't get angry at me, Lewis Hamilton fans. Please don't. I'm just not a Lewis Hamilton fan. I don't hate him. I think he might be the greatest driver of all time, but I just, I'm not a fan of his. Doesn't mean I dislike him. Just means I love Lando Norris. But motherfucker, you guys that have got like a picture of Lewis as a profile picture. Jesus Christ, you can't take a joke. Fuck me. They, like, not only can you not take a joke, you can't take criticism about Lewis Hamilton, and it's the... Uh, oh, you, everything, everything reverts to race about it. You say something negative about Lewis Hamilton, and it's insinuated it's because of his race. And you go, no, I'm just not a fan. I've always found him a little bit arrogant. He could be fucking purple. Not just his helmet, his actual skin. He could be purple, and I wouldn't be a huge fan. He's a fabulous driver, though, so please don't get all excited. But yeah, this should be. This should, should maybe, maybe somebody that's watching this because is really clever at making fucking like extensions for web browsers, and we can like DF one our social media in that way. Uh, Hammerhead with Kimi uh, Kimi retired from Formula One. It is unclear who the hardest drinker is of the current drivers. Can you rank the drivers based on the ability to get uh, to get in at the pub to get uh, to get after it at the pub? Um, I'm not going to rate the drivers. Who Sergio Perez? Sergio Perez drinks tequila. That's not that's no that's no pussy drink. Um. Who would you party with? That would be. That's what you question. Who? Probably Kevin Magnussen. You know. I bet that guy knows his way around a party. Um. I'm trying to think. Finns are always good for it, aren't they? So Valtteri Bottas might be good to go for for a drink with. Um. I feel if you could get amongst it with like Lando, Max, George Russell, I'd look like their dad, obviously. But uh, I think they'd be quite good fun as well if they were all out together. Anyway, there you go. Max Verstappen, Max, uh, Kevin Magnussen and Valtteri Bottas. Uh, Christy F04, if you, um, if you had to shorten the season to 20 races what ones would you cut out um rush is already gone for not for political reasons i'm saying that i would have said that last year it's just a terrible circuit isn't it um monaco but even though i said it might be interesting this year it still probably won't be and it'll still probably be fucking awful and modern formula one shouldn't be going there anymore um I've always it may, I've always hated the fact that we test and race on circuits. I'd be quite happy to get rid of the Spanish Grand Prix at that circuit simply because it's um they they know too much about it. You know, they could you could probably not test. I mean obviously it's slightly different this year because we've got new cars, but most years you could just not test there. 
and turn up with whatever they have as a setup for the simulator and they'd probably be fine. They know so much about that circuit. I feel that we should have a um a pur- purpose built or purpose bought out <coughs> Formula One test circuit, which is where all the teams go. That's like a you could make a pre season event of it, couldn't you? You could have the launches of the cars there as well. So you don't have you don't have individual launches. I've always I've said for quite a long time now I'd like a um two things. I want a launch event where all the cars must launch together for the world's press. And I also want a rule that that car that's launched basically has to be wheeled from the podium to the racetrack to compete in the first test. The car that's launched should should be at least the uh, the car that is run on the first day of testing. Start bolting bits to it, that's fine. But I don't want to see fucking show cars. I don't want to see last year's Formula One car repainted in this year's colours. I want to get excited about car launches again because it's so cloak and dagger. There's no point. There's no. There's no point in early releases. Like it's literally just to get out ahead of everybody. So we should have closed uh, closed doors on launches until the weekend of the first test. Like whenever the if if they're starting testing on Thursday, then we do a launch event on Wednesday, Wednesday evening before they get put in the put in the garages. Uh, and you could do that all at the purpose built uh, test circuit, probably by you know Paul Ricard, for instance. Maybe 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 not bought out, but you know rented, so it can all be sort of Formula Ones. Um, maybe the track painted and things like that, and uh, all the cameras set up, better access to drivers for. Uh, for people that turn up for the test, that sort of thing, and you could make a real, a real festival out of the first test. I think that'd be quite a good idea. Uh, John and Millsy, I'm going to Silverstone with general access. Where's where, where, where's best to watch? I don't know if you've been to a race before, uh, Jono, but the um, the I, the first Formula One car I ever saw was at Silverstone, and I'll never forget. We, we got to the gates. It was when they used to have shakedowns during the day before qualifying. And it, was on, it was on Saturday. And um, we were at, at the gate waiting to go in. We got through the first gate and we went to go into the circuit. And one of the guys said, oh, I'm just going to go to the toilet. Just, just, yeah. And uh, we were stood outside this toilet waiting for him. We could hear the cars. My dad was getting so excited. He'd never seen a Formula One car before. Um, in in the flesh, he'd been a fan like since he was a child, and um, my dad was getting so excited, so so excited. And he's like, "Where the fuck is he? Is he coming? Like, we're gonna fucking like, I just, you know, we're, we're gonna miss the fucking shakedown of this, right?" And uh, I remember it was they then turned up that he'd got homesick already. We'd been away for approximately fifteen hours. He got homesick already, and he was on the phone to his girlfriend. And I remember my dad saying, if he doesn't get out of that toilet in three seconds, I'm going to rip him out of there by his fucking eyebrows. And, uh, yeah, they, we went to watch it. And then, so we, we went in. We did miss the shakedown. So uh, we had general admission passes, but I can't remember how the, how the passes worked when I was there. General admission, but you could go inside the track as well. So we you don't, didn't have to stay on the outside. So we went over the bridge, and we, we we might have actually gone over bridge as well. 
Um, the uh, walked around to cops, and obviously in 1997, which was the first race I went to, um, start finish straight. We're still going to cops. Cops were still T1, and we waited. We waited for qualifying, and then the car started. And the first car I saw was Jacques Villeneuve in a Williams, and it blew my mind because. Um, I was a big Damon Hill fan, so I was looking forward to seeing Hill and the Arrows, even though Arrows, not our finest times as Hill fans. Um, but I'd watched, like when I first got into Formula One, was two years before, 95. And um, the I think it was 95. It was I, I always forget what year Senna died. The first race I watched was the race Senna died. I uh, I was watching this car come out, and I'd I, I'd and I'd been what cheering Williams on from like the first time I watched Formula One because like I instantly gravitated towards uh, Damon Hill. And it's just the sound and the speed, like the speed that came out of the pits. And I was there thinking, "Fuck me!" Like they're still like sixty mile an hour just come out of the pits, and then the noise it made. Um, and then when it did a push lap and they came around, the commitment into cops is fucking unreal. So if you can watch a car go into cops, I think that's still pretty special. I think that's where that's where I'd I'd choose to watch. Um, probably if you can get on the outside of the corner, maybe. I mean, I've watched. I've the one year I, I was had a grandstand ticket on the outside of cops. I think that's where Schumacher broke his legs, wasn't it? I can't remember now. Um, yeah, I'd do that. The cops would be a good place uh, for you to go. Um, what else do we have here? Last question. Last. Uh, obviously, and the other thing is. Um, if you if you ever have the chance to do it, fucking, I implore you to go to Spa and watch cars go through Eau Rouge. I know it's changed. I hope it's still amazing, but fuck me, that's uh, watching Formula One car go through Eau Rouge is crazy. Atomic fabrications. I think Mercedes and Hamilton in particular might struggle this year. Me and you agree with each other. Uh, not so much the car, but team or uh, but team order situations. When's the last time Mercedes opted, uh, operated without a clear one and two driver situation? Uh, Rosberg, and we all know what happened, what turned out there. If you were George, uh, wouldn't you be chomping at the bit to prove your skills against someone like Lewis Hamilton, especially after the fuck, fucking about with the back for years? I see a lot of uh, inner team drama uh, happening at Mercedes this year. Right, controversial. I think... I don't think Bottas was a number two driver. I just think he was handily just slow enough that it never bothered Lewis. He never he never bothered him at all. So that was handy for for, for Mercedes. I um I just checked my record. I just thought the recording had stopped then and it hasn't. I'm very happy. Um uh, Rosberg was able to compete with, Mercedes, with with Hamilton because he was able to compete with Hamilton. He was good enough to f- to fight with him. I think George Russell is good enough to fight Hamilton. I think George Russell is good, is good enough to beat Hamilton. 
and I think what's going to be interesting is over the years we've seen um, Lewis's single lap pace fade. Um, he only had four or f- four, I think it was, pole positions last year, for instance. I think George Russell's core pace is going to be faster than Lewis's. I don't know what that does over the season because I still think Lewis is fucking relentless and he will fucking not be going anywhere without a fucking fight. Like, So, I am... I don't know. I'm tempted to say... I'm tempted to say I think... uh, I think I do. I think Lewis is going to. I think his head's going to drop. I think because he's because so much because he wanted to come out and right the wrongs of last year, and he was robbed last year. Let's be perfectly honest. I've just I hadn't even talked about Drive to Five yet. I just finished watching Drive to Five ten minutes before I started recording this podcast. Um, we'll talk about that in a quick second, just before we sign off. Um. He wanted to right the wrongs of last year. And I think he wanted Mercedes just to give him a fucking rocket ship so he could come out, bang a pole in, bang the first first win in. And he still very well might do that. But uh, I think he's got it. He's, he's up against it. Right? George Russell will not, he will absolutely not be just beaten into submission like Valtteri Bottas was. Um, I mean, he nearly out-qualified Bottas in his first race. He qualified fucking second in a Williams in the wet in Spa. We've watched him for two two years, three years. Fuck around in a terrible Williams, putting it places it shouldn't go. And I stand by the fact what he did in Spa in that car, nobody on the grid could do. You stick Max Verstappen in that Williams, he does not put it second. You put Lewis Hamilton in that Williams, he does not put it second. So, I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? It's fucking, it's it's fucking obvious because he was out qualifying better cars. So, yeah, I think he's. I think Lewis has got his hands full, and I think George might be a once in a generation talent, like uh, like Hamilton, like Alonso, um. Like Max Verstappen. But this is the thing, like I think the future belongs to Verstappen, George, Lando, arguably Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. But they have to step it up this year, especially if Ferrari's good. Because at the minute I've I've always said Charles Leclerc and um Carlos Sainz look like two really, really good number twos. It's like having two to two Valtteri Bottases in the team. So if they're gonna fight for championships, I think they have to be better. They have to do better. Uh, Drive to Survive. I I finished watching it. It's difficult watching it for. I think there's bits of it, bits I really enjoyed. Um, bits were oh, cringeworthy at best, ridiculous at worst. Like the setup bit with George with. Um, Wolf and George Russell, where Wolf turns around and said, oh, the uh, bad news is you've got a race against Lewis Hamilton. The good news is you're going to do it in the Mercedes. 
uh, you know, he's like, are you, are you for real? Is this, is this real life? Are you, or are you trying to make a fucking Rocky film? Um, I think the fact, like the whole, the whole thing of Bottas calling round Wolf's house in Monaco just after he'd been sacked so they could they could have a sit-down chat over a glass of water. Also, Toto Wolf, when he, when asked to get water for Valtteri Bottas, went to get water, had it in a little jug, and came back and poured the exact same amount from that jug into two glasses. What sort of psychopath puts just the right amount of water into a vessel for two people? Fucking serial killers. That's what it is. Um, but yeah, that was very contrived. I think part of the there was a bit where he was talking to Bottas, and you could see how ridiculous it was. You know, there was like a smirk on his face. He just he, they're talking about him not having his drive for Mercedes anymore, and he's smirking away because he knows this is. He knew exactly what was going on, uh, but well before it was like announced on the uh, Drive to Survive fucking ball ache um what else irritated me about it the constant inserting of clearly pre-recorded uh, recorded commentary after the fact for it um no like the silly things like uh, mick schumacher they made it sound like mick schumacher did a good job last year he didn't do a good job he just didn't do mazepin's job he did better than mazepin um so that I don't get. Um, R.I.P. Mazepin's career as well. Another champion, another world champion lost. Um, what else annoyed me about it? The fact that it was like the Wolf Show, I and I was I never quite understood why Susie Wolf had so much involvement in that. It's like you you failed as a motorsports person you didn't make it into formula one you crashed into felipe massa on an outlight lap on one of your fp1 tests which i believe is your teammate was it massa that was that was in williams back then i think it probably was um then you could you didn't make it into formula one you spat the dummy out and tried to make a foundation encouraging other girls to get into motorsport what would have encouraged more girls to get into motorsport is if you'd stayed in motorsport. Just saying, maybe if you want girls to drive drive Formula One cars, drive or, or drive racing cars, drive racing cars and show them that the sex doesn't matter in racing. Um, yeah, so an awful lot of Susie Wolf for no apparent reason. Awful lot of Total Wolf. I'll take a bit of Total Wolf, but fuck me, it was like, you know, drive to Toto. Um. Totes to survive. Huh, <laughs> like that. Um The George Russell came out of it well. So did Lando Norris. They both looked good. You could see they were starting to make stars for next year. Um but yeah, I think the for the Formula One fan, uh Drive to Survive has lost its sheen, hasn't it? And I watched all of it, I watched every episode. Over two days as well. I started watching it yesterday. Finished watching it today. So you can say that about it. Is that I did watch it in two sittings. So that's a lot of TV to watch in two sittings. Especially for someone like me that doesn't watch a huge amount of TV. Um, 
But I wish they could do... If, if I was doing Drive to Survive, I love some of the, the access they get. Some of the access is fucking great. I love seeing the bits with the drivers uh, like talking to each other when they're sort of candid and stuff. That's really good. Excuse me. It's nice to see the mechanics more, like the back in working to the team, the sort of unsung heroes, if you like. Um, I hate the fact it's not done in chronological order. If if I was king, Drive to Survive would be twenty one episodes, and it would be the best season review. And you could focus because they focus on one t- on certain teams per races obviously and i'm sure that is an organic process like they obviously they had t- teams in red bull and mercedes for the last race for instance <coughs> um but i'm sure you could work it uh, you you would the first race of the year you would probably spend with the world champion and if if you want to put two teams there, you could do the constructors as well. So you've got two teams. Um, then Silverstone properly focus on George Russell and Lando Norris would be a good idea. Um, Alex Albon as well, um, and obviously Lewis Hamilton. Sorry, but the um, I was just thinking of drive to survive thing there with the the fact that they they were clearly building up two new people to wank over next year, but I just think it would be so much better if it was it was run like race to race because it gets confusing you know like you especially the bit where they were talking about Daniel Ricciardo's struggles and you're like fucking hang on a second I'm back in fucking Spain here I don't understand why we've just been you well know, we've just been talking about like the last race so. That's how I do it. I uh, I do wonder. I know um, Stefano Domenicali said that Drive to Survive is not something that would have to be that would have to go forever. Uh, so yeah, uh, we'll see. Anyway, Drive to Survive worth a watch. Uh, sorry, I literally just read a text message. Now. I'm terribly sorry. Um, yeah, it's it's worth a watch, but I feel it's getting a bit stale, isn't it? It's it's getting stale. Anyway, I hope to see you all next week. We will do a race review. It is race week as we fucking speak. Uh, and it's, if you don't like the words, it is race week. Then. Social media is not going to be your friend for the next at least three days. So, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Let's watch all the sessions. Uh, if you don't have Sky and you're struggling to watch Formula One, I'm watching on the F1 app uh, on F1 TV and I did it. Some people have been having issues signing up for it. I can't even remember how I, I did it last year. But uh, I I pay for it through my phone through Apple Pay, and that seemed to be the easiest way to do it. When I spoke to a, so when I spoke to somebody else, they did the same through Google Google Pay on the the Google uh, store. So apparently that's a really good way. I use NordVPN as well. That seems to be a nice a nice VPN service to do it with. Uh, and let's hope we have a good race. I'm probably going to go and see the message that was just sent to me by somebody that's still not happy with the fact that Lewis Hamilton might not be in the fastest car this year. Anyway, 
Ciao. Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.